0: I'm Tass Mellis of the Starters. This is Ben Golver with the Open Floor Podcast. Hi, I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff. I'm O.G. Nanobi of the Toronto Raptors. Hey, I'm Elena Donan, and welcome to the Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch Double Clutch Double Clutch Double Clutch Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, basketball fans of all ages, welcome to the Double Clutch Podcast. My name is Hugh Hopkins, and today—oh, wait—is that my—is that my favorite co-host of all time? Is that—is that Chris Paul? Oh no! Of course, it's Tom Hall. How are you doing, Tom? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm not too bad. I've. Uh, I'm not going to lie. But I've had a. I've had a very nice, nice Christmas and a, a, a wonderful New Year. But my body is. It's sort of starting to betray me uh, now. Well, I. I say betray me. It's probably getting its own back from all the, from all the food and alcohol that I. I consumed during the um, during the holiday break. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've had, I've had I've had a cold, I've had uh you know, been run down, had a bug and yeah, I think it's it's yeah. I'm gonna be going back to work next week and I'm I'm looking forward to getting out of the cesspit, which is my home at the moment, <laughs> I think. How about how about you?
1: Yeah, it, it's been good. Um I had a couple of weeks off. So it's been just really nice to spend time with family and We've had a few trips away and we had a we had a really good New Year's party actually around our house. We had a few friends around and a massive fire. So now all my clothes stink. But other than that, it's been really good. <laughs> Do you celebrate New Year much? We've tended in the past few years to go away to different cities, which was an expensive habit because obviously the hotels put the prices up for New Year. Of course, yeah. Um, but then this year in 2019, we'd, we've done our house up a little bit because we bought a doer-upper. Um, so we thought just to s- uh, save money this Christmas, this New Year. We'd uh, have a party around our house, which was really nice, actually. So, cool. We'd probably do that again.
0: Yeah, we're my my partner and I were pretty lazy around Christmas. We've got a dog who um, is terrified of fireworks, so we use that as, as an excuse. Mm. But realistically, we're just kind of lazy and just <laughs> we we don't <laughs> really care about New Year in that way. Um, you know, we'd rather just get a get a takeaway and just watch a movie. Um, yeah. In the night, did you know? make it to midnight? Or- yeah, I, t- I always try and make it to midnight. And and to be honest, I'm a big fan of uh, Jules Holland and his hootenanny, so oh, yeah. I, I tend to watch that. Um, but then about, yeah, half 12, us usually lights up for me. Yeah, yeah fair. But it's been, a, you know, obviously it's been an, a, an exciting time because it is a brand new year, 2020, brand new decade. Um, but unfortunately, the, the NBA it did start out on on a, a bit of a... A sad note, really, um, because uh, former NBA commissioner David Stern he suffered a brain hemorrhage and and he died on on New Year's Day. Now, this was a, a bit of a crushing blow. I know Mike Miller, um, of uh, you know the the usual host of Double Clutch, uh, he uh, wrote a column for GMS um, and uh, sort of touched on how important. David Stern was to the NBA. Um personally I'm I I think he's the the greatest commissioner the NBA has ever had. Now it's still very early into Adam Silver's career of course as as commissioner, but um David Stern's career lasted around 30 years um but he's he's an NBA lifer. He was involved with the legal side of things before he became commissioner. Um and it's obviously crushing to be able uh to you know talk about this today and and when we saw the news it was it was crushing for all of NBA twitter because um I don't know whether you know much about him i know I know you've only been following uh the NBA over the past few years but um but he he divided opinion quite a lot tom um yeah and uh y- you know he was a, a sort of very iron fist kind of leader but at the same time he grew the nba from being this drug-addled uh sort of racist sports league uh, in the in the early 80s to um and to, to being this globalized sport that you and i can watch today and the, the ways he did that he sort of brought he he, he essentially gave away um highlights packages to um, different countries around the world. I remember on Channel 4 uh in the in the 1990s we used to have these Sunday morning highlights packages of the week uh that my brother and I used to wake up and watch. Um and he was instrumental in also getting uh, NBA players into the FIBA World Cup and and also the Olympics in 1992 which of course helped the globalization and and then, uh, I'm a big fan of him because he helped launch the WNBA uh 20, 23 years ago now. Um and I think without him the NBA it, it simply wouldn't be where it is today. Uh so we we just wanted to sort of open up the show but just by explaining how much he'll he'll be missed to 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 the NBA and the UK family as well as the the wider NBA family because he had such a such a big effect on on NBA throughout the world, I think.
1: Yeah, and I don't think, I mean, I don't think Double Clutch would exist without him just yeah, for his God. international, uh, the way he kind of promoted the game. And from what I've heard, like even the people that maybe had a few tussles with him, they still respected him and no one can deny the good that he's done for the game. Um, and just, just to last that long and for that longevity to, to happen, you've got to be doing some things right and pushing the game forward. Yeah, so a thank you to him from us, I guess, just to say um, for all that he's done to promote the game internationally. and so that us in the UK have a chance to watch it and engage with it and do what we do.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, no, uh, he he will be missed. Um, and there's been some fantastic uh, articles written about him and eulogies written about him. Uh, one I particularly enjoyed was um, Tom Haberstrow, I think it was on The Athletic. Uh, but it, scroll through Twitter and just Google David Stern um, and there's going to be some fantastic stories because he he was always very available um to the media and uh, so we we've got a lot of good stories to read about him if you haven't done so in the past few days um but let's let's focus back on some uh positive things because of course it was the end of the decade um so it's time you may have seen on double clutch website we post we did an internal vote and selected our um our MVP of the 2010s and also the defensive player of the 2010s. Um but we've saved a bit of a debate about the all decade team that uh we're going to we're going to get into now. Um so Tom tell me about who you think should be on sort of the the all NBA starting five for the 2010s.
1: Okay. Uh, so what I'm going with rather than having I haven't got a traditional center I'm going with the backcourt, frontcourt thing. Um, so I'm going to go with Steph and James Harden uh, at the guard spots. And then Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant and LeBron James as my front three. Um, I think for me, everyone else is a lot apart from Kawhi maybe. You've got Anthony Davis there, Dwight Howard for his early, um, early decade stuff. But I think just Kawhi's sheer domination um, winning the, the two titles and um, whenever he's played, he's being unstoppable when he wants to be on both ends of the court. And so I think he's got to be in there. Um, I think you could probably, like I said, in terms of when he wants to be the best player in those big player situations, he's probably in the top two for calibre of players that do that with LeBron. Um, so I think I'm pretty sure that I'm going to go with unlocking my starting five. Um, without much debate i think what do you reckon
0: um yeah so the the discussion around uh, i don't know why it was thrown on there but dwight howard when i was tro- scrolling through some social posts and uh i think it might have been something linked to nba 2k um and it said uh it sort of said it projected the um the all-decade team of the 2020s, and it had the likes of Yanis and Luca on it, um, and then it, and Zion, and then it had um, versus the the all-decade team of the 2010s, and it had Dwight Howard on it. I, I sort of, I don't get me wrong. I, I, think Dwight Howard. If if we were talking about the decade between 2005 and 2015, that would be a very different conversation. He would probably be up there, um, if not securing that center spot. Um, but, I mean, realistically, he sort of dropped off 2012 um, yeah, was yeah. when he left Orlando and went to LA. And it, he had a few bum years. He had, I mean, he always, he basically always averaged a double-double, but he was not the player. He was a shell of his former self. And, and even when he went to Houston and they had a successful run uh, towards, I think it was the Western Conference Finals or maybe it was the semifinals. I can't quite remember. With, but with James Harden, they had a great run. Um, and again, it, they fell short. It wasn't necessarily his fault, but I felt that he wasn't the player that people projected him to be when when Daryl Morey first signed him to the Houston Rockets. Um, and he's never really got that spark back from his Orlando days Um, and that's no knock on him. He's dealt with a lot of injuries but uh, he's also struggled uh, to sort of build chemistry and that sort of thing. Um, I think he's out for me and there's been a lot of talk about Anthony Davis and I understand why. He's probably the most talented big man we've had this decade but that doesn't necessarily equate to him having won anything. you know, he's only been to the playoffs twice, I believe. Uh one time he got swept out. Uh no, what one time he yeah, one time he got swept out, and the other time he swept out uh the Portland Trailblazers um with his New Orleans Pelicans team. And it you could argue that, you know, they, they never put a team behind him, but he he really didn't make any headway in terms of winning. And I think that's what it comes down to for me is the I think I've got it locked in with you. It's Steph uh and Harden at the guard position. Then you're gonna throw you know some sort of um back line of Durant, LeBron and Kawhi Leonard for me. Because Kawhi I believe he was drafted 2012, I think it was, um or twenty eleven maybe. And he he had he didn't have an immediate impact because nobody ever has an immediate impact on the San Antonio Spurs you always sort of sit for your first season and well while you work out the kinks but he but in terms of for the San Antonio Spurs franchise it's all relevant and he did have a huge impact straight away and within 2 years he he 2 or 3 years he'd won finals MVP in 2014 um and realistically they the only reason this San Antonio Spurs have sort of spiraled into you know bad seasons in the past few years is because he hasn't been there but everywhere he has gone they have won. He went to Toronto Raptors and they won the championship the the single season he was there. And now he's with the Clippers and even though he's sitting occasionally his sort of I think it's because of his mindset um that the team is able to continue on without him. You know, because they're like, oh, yeah. well, even though he's not here, we can't mess around because, you know, Kawhi is, is the best player in the game right now. Um, And I honestly do think he is. Obviously, we don't have Durant this season, but he's probably the most talented player there is, if in a single game. Uh, am I wrong in thinking that?
1: No, no, I think it's between him and LeBron. Um, But like you say with Kawhi, I, I just think he's all about winning. Because um, obviously, he's such a quiet guy. He's not as bothered about, the culture, the shoes, the the crazy interviews, and all those kind of things. What do you I think mean it's, it's just... not about the shoes? Have you not seen those New Balance kicks? <laughs> well, <laughs> I am a big New Balance guy, <laughs> but no, I, you know he's all of, he's so serious and he improves every year and he's just so dominant now that um, he gets where he wants to be, he scores when he wants, um, and he can lock anyone down. And so I think he's undoubtedly on the team for me. Um, just going back to Dwight Howard. Um, you can't have a guy on there who for over half the decade has been a nobody. Um, yeah. Just reminded, remind, I had to remind myself of the teams he was on because he didn't do anything with the Hawks and the Hornets and then obviously the Wizards, they they were bad enough anyway and they couldn't wait to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, and so you can't have him on the all decade team when he's been that bad for that long. Um, and so yeah, I'm pretty happy with those five that we've gone with, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And there, there might be some people sort of saying, well, you haven't got a true centre, but... Look, look! at the NBA. You know, the, in this decade, and it has gone from being dominated by centers last decade. Um, you know, you had the likes of Tim Duncan, Ke- well, not even, not even centers, sort of power forwards, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, uh, you, Dirk Nowitzki. Um, you, you had, uh, and you know, Chris Webber, that sort of thing. And then this decade, it has become all about uh, long defensive wing players and three-point shooting and i don't think anybody sort of captures this decade more than those five players no we could play
1: kevin durant at center he's nearly seven foot so
0: yeah he did, he did so for the for the warriors in his last season there didn't he
1: yeah yeah i'm happy with that cool
0: well it is 2020 uh happy new year to you tom happy new year the new year is always great because it
1: comes with a bunch of new gear following christmas
0: that's right, and uh, this year you can celebrate uh, the best players of the last decade by picking up your favourite player's jersey at nbastore.eu. And not only that, thanks to Double Clutch, you can get 15%
1: off your order by using the discount code DCPOD15.
0: That's DCPOD15 for 15% off your next order. And that really does make
1: it a happy new year.
0: More like happy new gear.
1: Huh let's uh let's get back into it
0: (laughs) all right so we're gonna get back into it i want to play a little game with you now um it's gonna be called for i i really struggled with the title i'm not gonna lie but it's gonna be called for real or not for real so we're gonna go through a couple of different subjects now and take a look at the standings take a look at sort of mvp races take a look at the trade the world of trades um and let's have a little look at what is for real in the coming months. Uh, let's do okay. a little 2020 vision, if you will. Um, mm. The first one, the San Antonio Spurs will make the playoffs. Oh, this, You've gone with the hardest one to start. Um,
1: and I need to be careful what I say with you've been a Spurs fan. Yes, be very careful. Uh, so I, they're currently eighth, which is mad cause, like, for them to have a playoff seed with... A 14 and 19 record just seems absolutely mad that you can have a significantly negative overall record and then still be in a playoff spot. Um,
0: <laughs> and it's totally... It's it's not a thing that's happened in the past 15 years in, no, you usually in the, in the Western people with a,
1: Conference. Like, a, a, like a, a halfway, like a 50% record that kind of make it into those last few spots. Yeah, um, definitely.
0: Definitely. It's It has been crazy that... I mean, it, it, if I remember correctly, they started out the year pretty well. They started out like four and zero or something, but then they just went on this massive losing slide. Um, but I think, and a, a lot, a, there were a lot of reasons for that. Uh, mainly, Demar Derozan. Um, he has not played well this season, but I think he is sort of showing how he can be a positive. Um, let's get get it straight it's not on the defensive end the defensive end he sucks um and but but i think he is they're playing a bit more up tempo they're taking a few more threes um coming into this new year and over the christmas period and they it it is producing positive ish results um something that i will say about Demander rosen is that um when he gets when he gets a bit of uh a bit of a runway down the lane. He does this move where he sort of dribbles hard with his right hand, and it looks as if he's gonna go up. And he sort of takes off with his right foot. It looks as if he's gonna go up, but then he sort of euro steps and swings through. You remember what, like, um, Kevin Durant and James Harden were doing a few years ago, yeah? Where yeah. they where they would swipe through, um, when a player's hand was there, and and it, they'd get called for like a three point. Foul, yeah. Um, and the the whole world hated it. Um, and they sort of developed this rule that you can't swing through; you can only swing up. Um, so if someone's got your arm out, you could, and you've got the ball, you can swing up. And if it hits their arm, then it's a three point. Uh, then it's a foul. Yeah. That yeah if you but if you swing from right to left, then it's not a foul. But what Damar DeRozan has managed to do is that <laughs> because he's on the run while he's doing this, he sort of takes it from right to left and swings through. And because he's mid-dribble and he's going through the lane, the, the referees sort of call it every time and he gets fouled on that every time. And it's a, it's an incredible move and it's largely unstoppable. And, he, and he, But the problem is, is that his free throw shooting has been largely terrible. And they also don't have um, a, a starting fifth player uh they they currently use Bryn Forbes and uh, I love Bryn Forbes he holds a special place in my heart but um he's sort of minus three uh on the season uh so so, sorry minus 0.3 on the season and not playing to a to a great level um in terms of net rating um he doesn't have the versatility or, or the defensive size to be able to uh you, you know stop anyone on the defensive end and um and on offense he can only really shoot threes he he's got a quick burst but he doesn't have a dribble so it's it's either you catch him for for an open layup and pass to him or or he just fumbles the ball which is a shame but i so there are glaring holes in yeah do, do fo- you think they have fo- a trade spurs. to make i i mean i don't think they will because judging by I think they've only traded mid-season like twice in the past 20 years. Um and one of those well one of those was essentially just a bit of I think cap relief for or to get a second round pick or something and it was just sh- shuffling player a player that would essentially be waived I can't remember who it was. Um and uh, I don't think it's really in the San Antonio Spurs makeup to trade mid-season. That being said, that there are some teams who are interested. And I think if you want to move to Rosen, you need to move him now because he's not really going to be worth anything in the off season, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. So I think to go back to the, the original premise, I, I don't want it to be real just because I think I would much rather one of these up and coming teams make it to the playoffs just so we'd see some excitement in there. Like I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a bit fed up with the Spurs now. I don't really like watching How them. How dare you? They've, they've done it for too long. I make the mistake every year of saying they're not going to make the playoffs and then they do it. So I'm quite happy for this year to be the one that they don't make. Um, the teams around them, they've got like, the thing is with the West and we'll we'll get to this in a little bit. Um, there's so many teams down there that if they make one little like, winning streak, they're suddenly in contention for those that last eighth seed. Yeah, um, and there's probably like the likes of Portland, Sacramento, even Phoenix, which I never thought I'd say. Um, I'd, I'd probably rather see those take those spots because, like I said, the, there's such a negative record there anyway. I don't think when they get to the playoffs, it actually makes much difference because they're probably not getting out of the first round. Um, so let's just see some exciting basketball by a new team for a change.
0: Yeah, yeah, I th- I'm I'm with you in the sense that I think it could be anyone. So. Between the eighth spot and the 14th spot, there's only four wins difference. Um, You've got the Spurs at 14 and 19, Trailblazers 15 and 21, Suns 14, 21, Timberwolves 13, 21, Kings 13, 22, Grizzlies 13, 22, and, and even the Pelicans 11 and 24. I guess you could say they stand an outside chance if they get Zion back and everything clicks, but I'm not holding out hope for them. So, there are, it, well, there's nearly half the half the Western Conference that they're contending with for that final spot, because, you know, the Thunder they're playing reasonably well. Um, I think everybody's been impressed with them. Uh, I I sort of thought they might they might do do some damage this year, despite uh, you know, d- despite the fact that they cleaned house last at the end of last season. Um, I think it, I think uh. Yeah, I reckon OKC Thunder, they've probably they've probably got their spot secured. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, and people are definitely, or were definitely sleeping on Chris Paul um, and Shea Gildas-Alexander as well coming into the season. Um, I think they did so well from that trade and people were writing him off just because they lost Westbrook. Um, but like Gallinari as well, there's so many positive players on that team um, where they're in a really nice position because they can either choose to kind of tread water and probably get a playoff spot now or if they did choose to blow it up, those players have got a lot of value at the moment. Um, So within the the next month, I think it'll be a a defining time for them um, to see what they choose to do. And um, I hope they do go for it, because I think it's well within their right and they they can definitely make it, because like you say, they're already in the seventh seed, quite a few wins ahead of the Spurs in eighth. So yeah, go for it. So for the Spurs, that is not for real,
0: that they are going to make the playoffs? Yeah, I'm going to say not for real for the Spurs. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go for real I I, am I, um, being a Spurs fan funnily enough I quite like I would quite like to see them in the playoffs but next on our for real or not for real we're going to go Andre Drummond is going to be traded by the trade deadline I'm going to say this?
1: a surprisingly for real I think Um, I was surprised to see this it came out last night that the rumours were he floated around that he's going to be traded. There's a lot of talk of Atlanta being interested. Um, I just think he's, he's very limited in what he can do, Andre Drummond, um, and he's on big money for doing it. He's a very good rebounder. Um, he's very tough at that centre spot, but for, for $27 million this year, and then the reports were he's on $28 million next year, um, but he's going to turn that down because it's a player option, and then he'll probably go in for the same or more money over more years with another team. Um so for someone like Atlanta who are up and coming, they've got a lot of space, yeah. Um, but a lot of that's going to be committed to a centre who can't shoot, only plays like plays well defensively and rebounds and those kind of things again. So um there's an abundance of cheaper centres at the minute as well that can probably do what he does, uh, or ninety percent of what he does for ten million or less, like the Baines and the Brook Lopez's and stuff. So um I think it's more of a win for Detroit moving off him. I wouldn't want to be a team that commits too much money to him in the next few years.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I I don't know what would be the ideal landing place for Andre Drummond because he's he's not he's got the contract that you build around in terms of the the stature. You know, he's he's on a, a maximum contract. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a max contract. Um, twenty eight well just shy of 30 million yeah. player option for the 2021 season and he does plan to to become a free agent so he's only he's going to be looking for you know super max level or whatever and i don't think any team is going to he doesn't have the skill set where of of say a Joel Embiid or or you know a prime Shaq or 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 an Elijah one, you know he's he's a good leaper. Um, he is an excellent rebounder. He's averaging ridiculous uh, number of rebounds. I think it's like fifteen, sixteen rebounds this season. Um, which is leading the league by quite some way. Um, he's just shy of uh, eighteen points per game. I'm I'm sure. Um, and I think he's, he, you know, he's decent. Defensively, he's not a mess defensively. But that being said, he's not going to guard any any perimeter players in the same way that Rudy Gobier will at least try, um, and you know cause some difficulties. He's he's not one of those versatile defenders. So I, I I honestly don't see that he is the type of player that you can spend you know franchise level money on. No, but
1: presumably he must be being told that if he's going to decline that $28 million, that he's going to get at least close to that in free agency, which is surprising for me. And I think, like you say, it's quite realistic that he could go into free agency and not see anywhere near that. Um, whether he thinks that similarly to, to Al Horford in the last summer where he wasn't going to get the same max money, but he could go into free agency and get maybe like $20 million, but over a long period of time, over the next four years, um, which again, you might say is a positive as well. Um,
0: that's the thing. He's he's 26, right? So at the end of the 2021 season, uh, he'll be 27, maybe tw- close to 28, right? If he gets a if he opts for a slightly cheaper contract, like you say, 20 million, but say over five years or something, um, you know, that's going to take him through past his prime. So that's that's probably better for him mentally um knowing that he's gonna be having some money coming in whereas if he tries to go for a shorter, bigger contract, you know, he might be out of the league by the time he's 30, that sort of thing. So it's yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how the market plays out. Um but who who would want him right now in terms of this season? That's uh, the thing
1: I've I've been thinking and there's there's hardly anyone I can think of. Atlanta was the rumour and one of the other things I think it was Chris Haynes or someone said that um, him and Trey Young are like best friends um, but apart from that I can't think of anyone and there's been a lot of there's been to be fair I was going to say there's been talk of the Celtics all I've seen on Twitter is people saying the Celtics rumours are rubbish I've not actually seen anyone put a Celtics rumour out there um, and I'm hoping that's true because we've not actually been doing too bad at the at the centre spot and what we'd have to give up for uh, for Drummond rather um, at the centre spot would just be ridiculous salary wise it'd have to be someone like Hayward um, and it's just not Drummond wouldn't help us at all at that spot yes maybe against Embiid he'd defend him slightly better but for what he'd have to give up we'd lose so much more um, so yeah looking around the league I'm not sure who it would make sense for but if anyone bites as Detroit I think you've got to say yes and just get rid
0: yeah I don't see Boston doing it I like I like what Tice offers you. Um, I think also you don't. You Boston doesn't need a. You, you know your 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 talent your the your roster construction is built around someone not needing the ball. Whereas I think um, Andre Drummond is sort of in that. Well, well, get, throwing back to the conversation we had earlier. Throw. Uh, He's a bit in that Dwight Howard mold about five or six years ago, where he was sort of desperate for, for you know, a, a certain number of post touches per game, um, and he wanted the ball to revolve around him a little bit more. But I just don't see that. If 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 you threw Drummond on the Celtics, I think that'd be that'd be the end of the Celtics, quite frankly. Yeah. For you know, certainly their title hopes. I can see the Hawks, but personally, I prefer. I prefer the John Collins, uh, sort of combination. I think that's going to be better long term, um, both young players. But, uh, you know, I I reckon Drummond and and Collins would probably crowd up the paint a little bit too much, uh, if they were on the same team. So I think you'd have to move one of them. Um, and apparently there's rumours that he's good friends with Kyle Lowry as well. But I don't necessarily see, uh. I mean, Toronto could sort of make a couple of moves, but I don't think that would be the type of move that they would make. Um, I think they would basically look to shed everything, shed all their contracts if they if they did make a move. But they've been playing well this season, so I see no reason why they would need to uh, make any trades to, to appease Kyle Lowry anytime soon.
1: No, and I think the most interesting thing for me with this will be seeing what Detroit get back. Just as a, it's so hard to judge what Drummond's value is um, on the trade market. Will he, will they get positives back in terms of like picks or young players, or will they just be happy to get rid of that huge salary and get some space going into the into the summer? Um, I'm not sure. So it'll be really interesting to see that.
0: Okay, so what do you reckon? Is this for real or not for real?
1: I'm going to say for real, just because I'm super pro trade. So fingers crossed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Okay. Let's move on then. One that you've suggested here the Pelican season is not done. Is that for real or is it not for real? I'm going to go for real. I'm going to. They
1: started. Talk talk me through your workings. Okay. So, coming into the season, and we mentioned this on the last part as well, um, I did the season preview for the Pelicans um, and was super high on them, thought they were going to do really well straight away. Yeah, they had a lot of new rookies coming in and they had a lot of new vets and the whole team was pretty fresh. Um, But I thought they were going to do really well. And then they did terribly for the first part of the season. Um, And they they still are. They went on a a mini winning streak recently with some good wins. Um, But they're still 11 and 24, which is terrible. Um, And they're 14th in the West. Um, But like we said earlier, somehow they're still only four games back on the Spurs in the eighth seed. So I think... If they do some more mini winning streaks in the new year, um, if they bring back Zion and he contributes for them early on and they actually he delivers some wins for them as well, I think it's more than realistic to say that come the end of the season they're fighting for that eighth seed, maybe even better. Um, It's very Zion dependent and we debated last time whether they should bring him back just because... um, you know, the the risk of injury, what benefit will they actually get by bringing him back? But now that they've had that winning streak, I think it makes it realistic that there's actually some point to bringing Zion back, um, not just for interest around the league, but for actually making a realistic playoff push.
0: I, personally, I'm all for bringing Zion back, not because I think he needs to make a run a rookie of the year or he needs to, you know, I I'm... Or or the fact that they're even going to be competitive this year, I I think it'd be better for him to come into this season, um and sort of have a nobody nobody expects anything now, you know he can come in and get his feet wet, figure out what the NBA is like, and then next season he's he can basically storm it, knowing what he needs to do each day. I need to pack this bag. I need to get on this plane. I need to travel to this arena. I need to eat this type of food. And he's going to already have all of that in his mind. And he'll be able to switch back into that straight after the summer. But if he sits out the rest of this season, you know, he's just going to get fatter. He's just going to go into, into the summer, you, you know, not really taking all of this very seriously because why should he take it seriously he hasn't done anything yet but uh, and then and then he would come back he would probably be out of shape in the in the next season and would sort of be working his way back into it and I think it'd be another lost season for them I'm not expecting them to you know be winning a championship next year or anything but I reckon they can make the playoffs next year um you know another year of development for the players on that team and also they need to figure out if he can play uh, alongside Brandon Ingram because Ingram is having an incredible year so far and really he looks like the the man on that team so uh, i reckon if they're going to do it, anything they need to bring him in this season maybe trade Drew Holiday in the offseason uh, or work something out with him where he can you know you can get some return for him because I don't think he's going to be needed long-term. Uh, and you could probably get some better assets or some healthier assets or some assets that just work with that team because we don't really know what is going to work around Zion and Brandon In- Ingram yet. So, yeah, I'm I'm all for bringing him on this year. That being said, the Pelican season, I'm afraid it is done. There's I don't Ooh. think they're making the playoffs this year. They're... Uh, they'll do well to be within within shouting distance, um, but i I just don't think they have the I just don't think they have the horses, you know. They and they're not going to because once Zion comes back, if he does come back, that's going to create a whole new system on the team. At the moment, they've built up a bit of momentum. They they've had a mini winning streak, like you said, and they're doing well because they know now what. What their system is, they know. They know Ingram is going to be uh, the the leading scorer. They they know that they're going to go to a holiday for some clutch buckets. They 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 know who's they know the rotations on defense. But if if Zion comes back, they're not going to know any of that because he's going to throw a spanner in. He's a big old spanner to throw into those works. And I think um, I, I think that's going to, to to make them pretty shaky in the second half of this season if he comes back. That being said, I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. Um, you know, looking at the long-term potential of this team and of Zion.
1: Yeah, and I, I just think, regardless of what happens, they're just one of the most intriguing teams in the league um, in terms yeah, of yeah. the young pieces they've got, the the good veterans they've got. Do they commit to Brandon Ingram in the summer? Do if they are going to accept that they're not making the playoffs this year, do they choose to get rid of like the JJ Reddicks and the Derek Favors and those kind of people um, and choose to full on tank, or it, it completely depends on what Zion can do. Um, and if it's the Zion that we've seen in college, and if it's the Zion that we saw in pre season, then it's realistic, I think, to to say that he can lift this team quite considerably when they figure it out around him. And so maybe they'll think, let's keep these good players, let's keep the veterans, so that when he's back, and if they choose to sign Ingram or they get rid of whatever. Um, they can have a clear vision of what the future is and they can choose to lock in and actually make a positive push um, and not be like some of these other young teams are, like Atlanta this season and things where they've got good young players, but they're not actually good enough to translate into wins. I think the Pelicans, I hope in Zion, can actually do that.
0: Yeah. Okay, so are you for real or not for real on this season being done? Uh
1: Because I said that the Spurs aren't real, I'm going to go Pelicans are real, I think, and they
0: can have their eighth seed. Wow. Okay. Bit of disagreement there. Um, Moving on to our final for real or not for real, Anthony Davis is ahead of LeBron James in the MVP rankings for this season. Is that for real or not for real? Can I have a, it doesn't matter? Is that like an appropriate <laughs> <answer? laughs> Oh, the, Lake, the Lakers nation is going to not be a, a fan of you. <laughs> oh, they're both doing really well. It uh, doesn't matter it, what you said. The Lakers suck. <laughs> and
1: it, it, is, it, it is close. I mean, like on, on all the stats bar assists, it's really close. But LeBron is massively going for that assist title. I think he's got 10.9 assists, whereas Davis has only got 3.3. Um, but yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's between... Giannis, Harden or Luca. Um I keep really getting annoyed about the whole Harden thing because he gets next to no love about for what he's doing just because of his character and the style of play. Um, but he's averaging 38.2 points a game, <laughs> which is just outrageous. No one's done that since uh, Wilt Chamberlain in 1963. And he had 44. So he's surpassed Jordan um, and all those other players in between. So for someone to get 38 points a game, if he keeps it up, and not to be considered in the conversation really is absolutely mad. So it's probably Giannis is to lose at the moment, but Harden's up there as well. Luka's been doing well. If he can maintain, and then it's going to be between those three and not between any of the Lakers.
0: Yeah, I think um, I'm sort of with you in a sense that I think, so I, I do the sort of bi-weekly um, MV, top five MVP rankings and uh this sort of this discussion is probably going to feed into the, into that uh a little bit next week um i'm i'm with you in the sense that i think it ultimately doesn't matter because i don't think lebron james or anthony davis are going to win it this season um partly because for similar reasons the durant and um and steph curry didn't win it in the same when they were on the same team because Simply, they cancel each other out too much. Yeah. Um. But I think it was um, I can't remember what the exact stat line was last night. But uh, I think it was something like it. it Davis said something like forty six points, and LeBron then went on social media and was like saying something about how oh yeah we we paid too much for him, eh? And it's like no, the, everybody realized how good he was. Uh. You, I think. There, there was a lot of, um, a lot of that chat, you know, in the in the off, in the off season when they when they did get Anthony Davis, that yeah. the Lakers have paid too much for him, and and yes, I I still think they probably did a little bit because because you, the Lakers have no future, you know, they they are a win now team, and last year LeBron J it showed that LeBron James. You know he's not going to be around forever, and without him, that team nosedived. I know that I know Anthony Davis is a bit of a better player, but by himself, with a probably a better supporting cast outside of LeBron, Anthony Davis did very little on the New Orleans Pelicans. So I think it's a bit rich to be saying that you that really the you know that Anthony Davis was alone was worth more than the package the Pelicans got for him. Because I don't think that's fair because I think long-term, yeah, it might be fine for, Le- for the rest of LeBron's career, but long-term I think it, that trade might come to bite the Lakers in the ass a little bit further down the line. But I do. Th- I, and, and also I don't think it's necessarily for real that LeBron James is behind Anthony Davis on that MVP list. I. Um I know he's on he, he is in terms of the uh well there there's there's been a couple of um rankings recently. I think I think it might have been the basketball reference one, um, the MVP tracker that he was, but he Anthony Davis hasn't surpassed LeBron James yet on on my own list because I simply don't I simply don't think Anthony Davis would be the player he is without LeBron James. Setting him up for most of that, or or getting the team into a position where they can uh, support Davis like that, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think I was thinking about this, and if it was if we had to choose between Davis and LeBron, how we would decide? And I was thinking if you if Lakers fans had to choose one of them to be injured, and who would they rather have healthy? I think they'd probably keep LeBron healthy, um, especially going into the playoffs, Um, and it, it is close. But like you say, I think LeBron without Davis is still LeBron. Davis without LeBron, still incredible, but I'm not sure he's quite the caliber um, of player that LeBron would be. So I don't, what do you
0: think on that one? For me, it's not for real. I I don't think Anthony Davis is going to finish the year ahead of LeBron in MVP ranking. Okay. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I think
1: I'd just take LeBron.
0: Uh, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on a little bit because we've, uh, had the first returns of the all-star voting. Um, they, they opened on Christmas day and, uh, each week they, they're sort of updated. Um, I think it's usually announced on TNT, uh, with, um, EJ and, and, uh, Charles Barkley and Kenny and Shaq. Uh, and this year it's been... I mean, there's always surprises, especially thrown into this first wave. Um, but then I think the market sort of corrects itself sometimes. Um, but this year, the person leading with the most votes is Luka Doncic. Um, and the first thing I wanted to sort of uh, touch on is, is is this the new NBA? Because last year, I think it was Giannis. And I think Giannis is second in, in uh, all-star voting this season as well and i i remember back in well at, at the start of the decade perhaps even the decade before um where where kobe ended up not being the leading vote getter that season and it was it was lebron and i I thought wow that's that's a real change in the guard but then you know people put it down to the lakers not having the best season or kobe being injured or whatever but what and I think that's sort of similar to what we had last year, where LeBron was injured, the Lakers didn't do well. the team that he was on so but that but then I thought, well, there's gonna be. They, You know, Kobe never ended up coming back to take that leadership position again once he had sort of lost it. And I don't think LeBron's ever going to get back to that position again. So so is this the new NBA now? Like, is is it going to be Luca versus Giannis for the next five years? I think so. Um, and I, th- I think the votes have been really interesting
1: um, just in terms of showing who's popular, even though the production's not there for a lot of the teams. I mean, we're going to mention it in a minute, but the, the whole Taco Fall thing getting... 110,000 yeah. votes and he's in the top 10 front court it's it's outrageous I, play, I blame Boston fans I blame you lot <laughs> <laughs> well I, you know it's, it's mad and in terms of um, votes per minutes played if there's any statisticians that listen to this <laughs> I want to see that like an all-time leaderboard for like production versus actual uh, votes for the all-star game because Taco must be far and away the best player for that
0: yeah, I I mean I I like seeing it. And I've seen a couple of um I've seen a couple of different takes on this. You know, there's there's people that are saying you, you know, we shouldn't take the All-Star game seriously. The players don't, let's be honest. So why should we be worrying about who is on the All-Star game if it if we want the most popular players and if those most popular players are bench guys or G League players, let's just get them in. If you want tackle for, and if you want Alex Caruso, let's just play them. But then I've also seen other people saying, well, actually, this is, you know, this matters because people consider this for the Hall of Fame. And, you know, if you've made a certain number of all-star teams, that's often mentioned when you get inducted into the Hall of Fame. So actually, it should be taken seriously. Where do you land on that?
1: Yeah, I think I really enjoy seeing all the votes and that it's a good gauge of, popularity of different players and it's, it's nice to see that taco's adored not just in boston but everywhere um but like you say th- like these things come into people's contract discussions that um, if they make an all-star appearance and they get x amount of money um, and like you say with the hall of fame and all those things so at the end of the day it has got to be the best players um i wonder whether there's anything else we could do at all-star weekend where these guys take part based on the votes that just like on more of a popularity front so that we could see. I mean, it'd be outrageous to have someone like Taco do the dunk contest. Just, I, mean, I don't think it's going to happen, and he's not going to be the most... He's hardly <laughs> athletic, but just his sheer it to give us some change from what we've seen <laughs> previously. It, it would
0: be good if, if he had horse. I don't think anybody else could do a standing dunk. No, true. You know, like, Him against Boban would be good, one-on-one. On one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean... I think the NBA are going to recognize this, and they're going to bring out people like Taco Fall. They're going to bring out Alex Caruso, even if it's just for like you know a skills workshop or something along those lines. Because of course it's not just the All Star Game, is it? It's the All Star Week where your festivities going on, and I'm pretty sure those guys are going to make a. You know they're going to turn up somewhere, but in my. In my mind, it doesn't really matter. Even though, yeah, we talk about Hall of Fame, we talk about contracts. I, I think it, I think ultimately it, it doesn't matter. I think I fall on that side more because, you know, let's be honest, Taco Fall and Alex Cruzer—they're not—they're not gaining any spots in the Hall of Fame, right? And if you are a player who is on the on the, on the border of being considered for the Hall of Fame or not, and you lose your spot. To to tackle Fall or Alex Caruso, and quite frankly, I don't think you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame because they they're not players worthy of being there. And you should be able to, you know, do something about your popularity within the realms of the game. That means that you should you should get there. So if if you lose a spot at the end of the bench for a couple of fan favorites, I've got no issue with it. Um... And uh, you know, I was I was well on the bandwagon for uh, for Zaza Pachulia a few years ago. He he essentially had the the whole nation of Georgia voting for him to be in the All Star Game. Now uh, the, he didn't end up making it. He just missed out on that on on the first five, and then it goes on to be a coach's selection. Uh, it, you know, they they the coaches pick the reserves. So uh, he was he unfortunately didn't make it into that starting five and he was never going to do it but then the following season the nba switched up the voting percentage so the fan votes for 50% of it but then the other 25% they made up 25% media and 25% players uh, and the coaches still pick the reserves so that sort of that rule was put in to stop people like uh like Zaza Pachulia getting that vote, but quite frankly, if he's got a whole country of potential NBA fans and people who are potentially buying NBA league pass, if that's an entire nation that wants to vote for their their dude to get into the NBA All Star Game, I reckon put him in the NBA All Star yeah, Game. You know, you only have to, you only have to do it once, and then you've got a bunch of new fans for that year, the and and for future years, but yeah i I appreciate that people take these things seriously, but I think if the players have stopped giving a crap about the all star game then I don't think I don't know why sh- why we should
1: yeah and maybe what could be good is to kind of find a halfway point of you have like the serious twelve players or something, and then you could have <laughs> the players might not appreciate it, but you could have like the novelty spot of yeah. so or you taco and the thing is well, with taco just le- on a bit of a on a bit of a tangent go on it's. He deals with it with it really well. I just think it's a bit, and people have said it before, where it feels a little bit greater showmany If you've seen that, where people yeah, appreciate him yeah. because he's insanely tall, and they actually like the guy's not an incredible basketball player, and he seems like a really nice guy, um, but people only appreciate him because he's this freak of nature almost. Um, so well, kind of- it's
0: the same. Yeah, it's the same with Boban. Like, I it always frustrates me that Shaq always calls him Yurang um, because of the whole lurch thing. Um, and actually, I, I think that's really insulting, you know, in the sense that, you know, he's just a tall dude who is actually pretty good at basketball. And to reduce him to just a, a bit of an, a loosely insulting nickname, I think is kind of, you know, it belittles and yeah. Yeah, pat- patronizes him, to be honest. And yeah, I think Taco Fall, he... He actually could have an NBA career. You know, he's he's sort of on that bubble at the moment, the same as a lot of other G League players. And yeah, you know, he's a he's a great guy, and he deals with uh, he has a great personality, and he deals with a lot of the um, the silliness around him very well. So hats off to him. But I think it is a bit, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's a bit like. Uh, you know, look at the funny guy. Yeah. yeah. And it is and it's just not very warranted. I'm I'm with you. Although
1: on. having said that, you know, I'm the first person to say to someone who's on the fringes of being a basketball fan, obviously oh, in this guy we've got his seven seven? Let me show you a video you can dunk without jumping, that kind of thing. So I'm probably just as bad as yeah. other people for that.
0: Yeah, I mean it's you know, it's it's a complex situation, isn't it? Because you, what what is gonna get people excited about the sport and is it is it these novelty players? Um, you know, it's, it's the same when you have a guy like Isaiah Thomas um, yeah. or or Mugsy Bogues. You know, you've also got these. It's you've also got these people on both ends of the spectrum, where you're either too little and you shouldn't be playing, or you're too big and you probably shouldn't be playing. And it's interesting um, from an NBA perspective, from a basketball perspective, uh, but. I guess it's more of a societal thing, isn't it? You know, should it be interesting to a random person uh, who doesn't know anything about the sport, but you know, wants to engage with the sport because of because of this? Oh, I don't like using. I'm gonna I'm gonna hate myself for using the word, but that because of this oddity um, within a sport that people think they know a lot about. Yeah. you know. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah, it's one. I don't know.
1: It's probably a debate that's going to become more popular in like in a few years time with if taco carries on the, the way that he is um yeah or if we see similar players like that i think it's going to be really interesting um but he's probably happy to just be getting the game i mean that's the unfortunate thing as well i feel like the game time he's been getting has been down to the fans um cheering him to come on and there was a great clip the other day where <laughs> it was towards the end of the game and the, the fans were cheering like crazy we want taco um, and then Brad Stevens kind of pumped the crowd up a bit more to get them going and then waved Taco on and the whole arena went crazy. So it's funny to see, but like you say, it's going to be an interesting debate um, about yeah. morally right it is.
0: Yeah, but it's it's going to be, it's potentially going to be a good all-star game this year. There's going to be a bunch of new faces, not, not just Yanis and Luka Doncic, you know, leading the way in terms of voting. But, you know, you've also got people who are sort of on the bubble a little bit. We don't always see Kemba Walker in these situations, but given the Boston bump, he'll probably get um, a few more this year. You've also got Trey Young. He might get his first look this year. Uh, and D'Angelo Russell, hes a, it would only be his second year. So there's a couple of players that are on these sort of top 10 lists uh, and Pascal Siakam, did he did he play last year in the All Star game? I can't remember actually. Uh, I'm not sure actually. I don't should have should have checked that before. But yeah, you know, there's a couple of there's a couple of new names that I think and Bam Bio that'd be great to see him. He's playing great down in Miami. Um, and of course we've got the we've got Carmelo Anthony for some reason. Um, but I I wonder if they're gonna do the sort of thing they did. Was it last year or the year before for um they put two players in was it dirk and yeah like the Wade. legend spots yeah there's been talk of uh, whether or not they'll do that for like Carmelo anthony and vince carter or something um i i personally i don't mind them doing it for an occasional legend but crowbarring in one player yeah not every year each, each year it's it's just not worth it unless you either. have it like we
1: said with that like the novelty spot and you could get your taco in or you could get someone else like that
0: yeah exactly okay but from the all-star game to the game of the week we're gonna take we're each gonna pick one um one that's on the calendar in the next seven seven or eight days where we sort of think hey this could be this could be uh, a big turning point in the season or one that we're particularly looking forward to um what do you have on your list Uh, it may not surprise you i've got Hold on, hold on. Is it a Boston game? <laughs> it is, but I, <laughs> I,
1: I want to say that this one's justified because it's uh, the Celtics playing the 76ers um, on Thursday. Well, it'd be midnight Thursday, so going into Friday um, for us UK fans. I just think it's a fascinating matchup. I think it's two of the top three teams in the East. Um, Embiid always turns it on against the Celtics, always plays well. Um, but as a team, Philly have been really inconsistent, So. Um, It'd be interesting to see how they play, how the Celtics match up against them after they lost on opening night. Um, And Philly, it seems to be a team that we've spoke all season about them not clicking um, and they're they're still not clicking and they've been firing like subtle shots at one another. Horford said that he's not happy to be playing how he's playing and they just don't all seem very happy. So it'd be interesting to see how they play. It could be a potential playoff matchup. Um, So yeah, I'm really interested in that one.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm interested in that one. I think they Boston and Philly of course, you know, two big rivals anyway in the world of basketball, well, in the world of sports and geography and all that. Um but I, I think Philly seem to be able to get up for the big games, especially if they're called out ahead of time, you know. Embiid will gladly step into the fray and lift his game up, whereas I think he gets a bit bored with the day-to-day. Um so I think a big game uh, no, I think it's at Philadelphia, isn't it? So, you know, he's gonna be at home, he's gonna he's gonna have right you know, cross town rivals or cross-state rivals or whatever coming in. I think that's gonna be a good game. I've gone for a game on the same night, actually. Um it's Denver versus Dallas. Um uh, sort of I in my mind, I sort of see Dallas this year as what Denver was sort of last year. Um yes, man. and they they were sort of this up and coming team where I think everybody was really excited for them. I actually I th- I know a couple of people picked them to like go to you know Western Conference Finals and maybe even finals. Um, and then this year everybody was thinking that they were going to take that next leap to get get into the Western Conference Finals or finals and and maybe even challenge for the title. I. I never really saw them going all the way but I I I was one of those people in that camp thinking hey this could this could be the year for Denver um it hasn't necessarily panned out that way um but I think in many ways I don't know whether you were following the NBA um you know as a as a big fan back then but in the early days of Oklahoma City Thunder the with uh, Harden, Westbrook and Durant and, and even Serge Ibaka and that sort of thing. Every year they kept on getting better. So they they went from this young core where they had growth every single year and their record improved every single year and they went further into the playoffs every single year until they got to the finals and then they shipped out Harden for some reason. But I think but I think that sort of spoiled us a little bit and we were, that's not a normal thing. Really, you see teams take a little bit of a step forward and then a step back and then two steps forward and then one step back and then one step forward and two steps back. You know, there's the the whole gradual continually getting better thing doesn't always work out. And I think Denver still has a chance, you know, maybe make one or two changes on a roster, maybe, you know, further development of their players. They could be in the hunt for a championship in the next few years. And Dallas is the same in some respects, but I think they, they their questions are slightly bigger in the sense that they don't necessarily. I still don't think they have their core. They're still working out what their core is. They just know that Luka Doncic is a huge part of that, and Luka Doncic is always fun, especially on on these big national nationally televised games. And that one is also on on Sky Sports as well. So if you're lucky enough to to um, to have Sky Sports package, uh, then. Check on check in on that on, on Thursday night. Well, sort of twelve thirty. Yeah, sort of half past midnight, essentially. Um that should be a good game. They 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 both seem like good games and good to look forward to. Uh but I think that's that's gonna round us out for, for this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh unless unless you had anything else that you wanted to plug? You got anything coming up you're working on? Um a few things in the
1: pipeline. I'm just uh just glad that the pod managed to last longer than Isaiah Thomas did last night, which was uh, oh <laughs> I don't know we saw yeah. that on on Twitter this morning. It was all the he supposedly pushed one of the referees 88 seconds. Well, I'm into not the gonna game. I'm
0: not gonna lie. When when he started pushing me on how the San Antonio Spurs weren't going to make the playoffs, <laughs> I almost <laughs> ended the pod right then. The puck. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. I I feel bad for him, but I think he did sort of <laughs> you know it was very much a push in my eyes yeah, I'm not video sure 88, 88 seconds in the game seems a bit harsh but I don't know <laughs> you can do no wrong in my <laughs> well, eyes of course yeah of course well that that'll do for another episode of the Double Clutch Podcast make sure that you um, if you are buying any new gear on store.eu, you use that discount code uh, dcpod 15 for 15% off um, and guys make sure you're following us on all the social media channels and Yeah, we're on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. uh, Double Clutch. uh, It's usually at Double Clutch UK, um, and make sure you're following Tom on all of his social media accounts. I believe it's at Tom Hall seven eight nine. Am I correct in saying that? And I am at Coach underscore Hugh. Uh, and make sure you check out the website next week when we'll have an updated top five mvp race and i know we've got something in the pipeline coming from dr justin quinn so we'll all look forward to that but thank you for your time today tom it was a pleasure chatting with you again yeah, it was good fun have a good week and we'll catch up later peace